The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance, so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning with the students, it was a, a great joy just to ask them uh, different questions pertaining to Lent and Ash Wednesday and what we're getting ready for. And the first question I asked them is, if I hadn't told you it was Lent, how would you know? How would you know that we are here? And I had maybe three answers in my head, and they gave me like 15. So I was very impressed by their insightfulness. Uh, the first was that we had these ashes up here. I said, you're right. There's something different up here. There's ashes. And then one commented on the fact I was wearing purple. It's like, good eye. I can tell there's a, a difference in the season because of the color. Another one mentioned how, how bare the altar area was. Now, granted, we've got all these candles up here. It's quite beautiful. But it's, it's simpler. It's stripped down. Another commented on the banners in the front and the back. One even noticed that the candles on the sides had new liners. They had the purple liners. I said, wow, I did not even notice that myself. Good job. And, and they just kind of kept going. I was like, I'm not sure what else you're seeing, but good job. They recognized, though, that it's different, and that's what Lent's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a time that's different. I love the fact of having a Mass in the evening like this because it demands simplicity, it demands attentiveness, and it offers very focused direction because there's nothing else to captivate us, distract us ultimately than just looking up in the sanctuary. I mean, all the light, everything's directed to look at the tabernacle, to look at Jesus. And so when I was waiting outside, just realizing like all these cars going by, you know, the train will at some point go by. We know that. And while the world continues to hustle and bustle, we pause. We pause to actually reorient our life to something much bigger than just getting to the store, getting to work, getting home. 
to orient our life towards someone who not only has made us, not only knows all of our passions, our desires, knows our strengths and our weaknesses, knows the times we've had great joy, the times we've had great sorrow, knows our sinfulness, but to one who gave his very life so that we could have eternal life with him. Lent reorients us back to the most basic concept that if I am created by a creator, he not only deserves what is worthy of my worship. So that's what we offer tonight. We offer him the most raw part of ourselves in worship. So we don't have any fancy music. Clearly, you don't have a great cantor in this voice. But it doesn't matter. Because our worship and our prayer back to the Lord is all that we can give. And the readings highlight that so beautifully. In the second reading, we hear about how we are called to be ambassadors, to go out, to share the knowledge of God with others. When I asked that with the kids this morning, they, they heard apostle. I said, very close, very close. I mean, in a sense, we are called to be the apostles, to go and pro- proclaim and preach. But an ambassador simply just witnesses. They don't always have to do something. They just, by their existence, witness. And Ash Wednesday highlights the ability for us to do that because <laughs> it's kind of hard to avoid this on one's forehead. Even when I went to the store today, someone said, oh, it's Ash Wednesday. I said, really, how can you tell? <laughs> but they, they knew that. I don't know who they were, but they're like, they knew it's Ash Wednesday. I said, so clearly this is a universal sign. Good. But we're called to be these ambassadors. It's not just today, though, because you will all have ashes for the shortest amount of time. I challenged the kids to see how long they would have them. Most of them lost them by lunch. I blame gym class. So it's not like this is going to be an ongoing, I mean, unless you want some ashes to take home, I can give you some. Anyone? No? Okay. But how do we live this ambassador role beyond today, throughout Lent? Well, it's the next part of the, it's the gospel that we hear that highlights that for us. We hear about almsgiving, we hear about prayer, we hear about fasting. Right? These three kind of key tenets of what Lent's about. And Jesus begins by just reminding us, like, don't do this. Don't perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Don't do this stuff so that you can get this praise and acknowledgement by the world. Because the world will give us praise and acknowledgement for all sorts of stuff. Perfect attendance, gold star. 4.0 GPA, valedictorian. You made it to work every day this week, here's a cup of coffee. I don't know. I mean, we've lowered the bar so much. You participated. Here's a trophy. Right? I mean, like, we know this. Jesus tells us, don't perform righteous deeds for the praise of others. What you do, do for the sake that it is good. Do it for the sake that it is virtuous. Do it for the sake that it allows us to be holy because it is right and just. Who cares if someone knows we've done it or not? Regarding alms, he says, you know, don't even let your right hand and left hand know what they're doing. Like, keep that separate. So it's like, 
I don't need the praise of others. Like, wow, you contributed so much. Thank you. In the end, does not matter. Give because it's good to give. Time, talent, treasure, whatever that looks like. Prayer. I did this earlier. The kids freaked out. The 530 Mass was unfazed. I'm going to see how you all respond. So, like, we don't just go out and be like, everyone look at me. I'm going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> okay, you responded better than 530. Nice. Very good. Like, we don't necessarily do that. But does it also make sense to, like, go to our room quietly? All right, Jesus, I need to talk to you about these people because they are not responding very much. Oh, did you hear that? Interesting. Because our Father knows, He hears what's going on. So there's a balance here. We don't go out in the public for the praise of ourselves. We don't hide in private for, by ourselves. But there's this balance of like the inner self. Am I being honest with God? Am I being open with Him? Am I bringing to Him the highs and the lows? Prayer is not, for again, for, the, for the, the praise of others. Like, But we need the community to pray. That makes sense. And then lastly, fasting. This one is kind of ironic. Because we say, like, don't look gloomy and, and glum and, like, don't dirty your face. And then we put ashes on you. It's like, hey. But it's like, with fasting, we're saying, it's like, ugh, I'm having such a rough day. What's going on? I gave up coffee. It's been awful. You don't seem like a very joyful Christian in this moment. I'm not. If, I have, if you've not heard this enough, if you need coffee to survive, don't give that up for Lent. That's obedience from your pastor. Okay? But the fasting is also meant to be like this opportunity of joy and zeal. Our whole lives should be like this, not just in Lent, but Lent lends us a particular focus. So we don't do the stuff for the outward praise. We do it because it is good, because it is just, because it is right. When it comes to the ashes, I mentioned this at the beginning, there's different things we can hear when we receive ashes on our foreheads. We can be reminded that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Like, we are going to die. That's really not that sad. It's sad because we might love a person, and they're no longer here in a physical way. Of course that's sad. But death means I'm probably going to go to one of two places if I believe as a Christian I'm going to heaven or hell. I have a great hope I'm going to heaven. I'm going to aim for heaven. I'm going to pray for heaven. But like, I know that this world is not the end-all, be-all. I get to die and practice dying every day over and over again in Lent so that I can live the eternity of heaven and, Christ and Easter. So we, we remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But also, this one is beautiful, and this is the one we're going to use today. We can also hear, repent and believe in the gospel. Because all of us have to repent. All of us are sinners. All of us have sinned and need a Savior. And we know about our Savior because he gives us his very word through Scripture through the gospel. So we repent, we turn back to him, and we believe in what he says. 
we follow him, not just my opinion, not just my idea, but like the truth of who he is. And that last part of that, as a creature who has been created, it is right and just for me to give worship and praise and time and talent and treasure, my whole self, my entire heart, back to the one who made me. I am dependent upon God. And the world needs to be reminded of this. We need to remind the world of the dependency we have on God. That doesn't take away free will. That doesn't remove the ability to um, do things or make choices or not do things. It just says that in the end, God gets the final say. He has the victory. And he shows us that death has been defeated, that the resurrection is real, that eternity is waiting for us if we choose him. But brothers and sisters, we have to choose that every day, multiple times in a day. So Lent is an awesome season because we get to practice dying. And everyone's like, that sounds so morbid. But how cool is that? We die to ourself, our desires, our wants, our passions, especially the disordered ones, so that we have a more complete, purified, full life. It's right there. And it's at our fingertips if we choose him. So may these ashes remind us that we are dust, and to dust we shall return, that we are called to repent and believe in the gospel, that we are a creature of a far superior creator who knows us and loves us and wants us. May this Mass be just a glimpse of the hope that comes at the end of Lent, that in the midst of silence we discover our more true, authentic self in relation to Jesus. That the darkness we begin with, that we end with at the vigil, ultimately culminates in light. And the light is us who are called to go out and preach the good news. So there's going to be lots of moments of silence in the rest of this Mass because where the music normally fills, that won't be there. Those are the moments I encourage us to just think about, Lord, I, I need you. Think about our dependence upon him. Think about what it is I need to surrender still and what it is he wants to give me. Allow the silence to be the moments of deeper acknowledgement of, of conversion, transformation.